Good morning and welcome to our online service. Uh, we're so glad you can join us this morning. Uh, I would encourage you, if, if you have someone in your life that needs um, just a, a pick-me-up or uh, just an opportunity uh, to connect with the Lord today, there's an opportunity to share this. So I would encourage you, if you have that uh, option or if you know someone, please go ahead and share this with someone. Uh, we also uh, are going to upload this to YouTube, so you can go ahead and watch that. Someone last week said that they were very thankful that it was on YouTube because they could fast forward, and I uh, wasn't sure what that meant. But thank you anyway. Um, we are looking forward to staying connected. We live in an amazing time when we can connect, even though uh, physically we cannot. And so we are going to ask the Lord to continue to guide us through this time and trust Him through all that's going to happen today and in the future. Uh, we are continuing our series on uh, Gaten's culture and having a healthy culture, a Christ-centered culture. Uh, if you missed any of the messages, you can go to gaten.church media. They're all there for you to check out. Um, if you weren't with us, we started with cultivating a culture and the importance of being intentional, that uh, nothing um, really good happens unless some intentionality is behind it. And I was thinking about, you know, uh, our rooms as we are, are, are kind of in our homes a lot right now, that our rooms don't get cleaner the more we're there unless we're intentionally cleaning them. And so that idea of intentionality, that in life, um, to get healthy, uh, we have to be intentional about being healthy. And even right now, as we have this unique time, just being really intentional of cultivating um, a healthy church culture, a healthy family culture, and even within your neighborhood there in your life, at this point, how do you cultivate a healthy culture? And then we talked about a loving culture. How do we have a loving culture? How can we live into uh, this love that God wants us to have for Him and for, for each other? And so uh, we looked at the importance of that. And then last week, we talked about a healthy culture and how can we have a healthy culture uh, both in our relationships to God and to each other. And today we're going to look at a unified culture. What does that look like? Um, how can we have a unified culture in this time of crisis? And this really is a time like no other. Um, I was speaking to my, my children and we were talking about, you know, this is a moment in life that you'll remember. This is a, a place in time that we will remember. Um, and as we move forward, uh, it's a time where we really have to trust God because we really don't know what the future holds. Uh, but we do know who holds the future. And so we want to put our trust and faith there today. But to be honest with you, emotions can run high right now. We can, this is a time um, that can be very stressful. It can be very anxious. Um, and we can, be, um, we can get into things that are destructive even now. And so uh, I think it's important for us to gather and to encourage each other and um, to push forward together and being unified. And so uh, the question I want to ask the Lord today as we look into His Word is how can we be unified in times of crisis? How can we be unified uh, in this time of crisis as we navigate uncharted waters, as we go into days of uncertainty? How can we be unified in a time of crisis? Well, one thing I like to do because we have this unique opportunity to meet online is I wanna interact with you a little bit more than usual. Um, so wherever you are right now, whether you're watching on your phone or your computer, if you're at your house or wherever you are, um, I wanna begin, before we look to God in His Word, preceding it with prayer, that we would pray together. And so what I'd like to do with you is um, just have a time where we pray for three specific areas that you, right there, where you are, either out loud, maybe if you're in a group, you could pick someone to lead, um, just to pray intentionally for us to come together, unify in this time, and to pray as one, because the amazing thing is that God hears us, God knows our heart, and so even um, as we pray, wherever we are, in uh, whatever place and time we're at, 
Uh, he hears us. He knows our heart. And so uh, the first area I'd like for us to pray about is our world. Right now, there, there are people that are, that are going through devastating um, situations because of this virus, but even outside of this virus, there's a corrupt governments, there's poverty, there's lack of clean water, there's lack of opportunity for food. And so our world is in need of our prayers today. Um, God desires for us to come to Him and to seek Him in these issues. And so um, I will begin and I'll leave a time for you to pray and uh, for you there in your group, or, or if, you're, if you're alone, that you take this moment and um, ask the Lord to bless those around our world who are in need of help. God, I pray that you would do a mighty work. We know you're holy and just, and so we lift up our world today, and we ask you to bless. The second area I would encourage us to pray together together this morning is uh, the area of our community. Uh, right now, um, we, are, we are in a place where we're all um, in, in uh, being asked to stay home and uh, to quarantine ourselves at some level and to have social distancing and all these things. And, and that's causing a lot of challenges for a lot of different people. Um, there are fears of, of job loss. There are fears of what will this do to our economy. There are fears of, of how will those who need help and, and, and need support right now, how will we do that? How will we be able to take care of the people in our own community? And so just for a moment, what I'd like for us to do is just take this time and take that to the Lord and ask Him um, to bring hope, healing, um, and provisions to those that need it so desperately here in our own community, in our neighborhoods, uh, here in the West End, in Short Pump, and in Richmond, that God would move in those areas. Let's, let's pray in that focus right now. God, we ask that you would uh, just be involved. We know so many are in need in our own community. We ask you to, to provide for their needs today. The third area I'd like for us to focus our prayer on this morning is our own personal lives. As, uh, each of us um, have, have different journeys. We've had uh, different things happen to us in life that, that affect us even now. And uh, we're at different stages, different challenges. And so uh, let's take a time to just ask God to, to, to bring peace to, to us individually, that He would speak to us as individuals and, and that we would find comfort in Him, we would find hope in Him, and that at these moments um, that we would be able to maybe let go of some of those fears, let go of some of those doubts, let go of some of, of the anxiety, and, and just ask Him to come in and, and bring joy into our hearts, bring joy into our minds, help us to, to focus on, on the things that are above and, and the things that are His. So let's pray in that direction now. Father God, you are holy and you're just. I pray now that you would fill our thoughts with things that are from you. You would fill our emotions with peace and joy and trust in you in these times.
Father God, we are so thankful for today. We are thankful for how you supply our needs. We're thankful that we are forgiven and we are found um, righteous through your blood and through your sacrifice on the cross and that our hope of eternity is set in you. Lord, I thank you for speaking into John's life and, and having that close relationship with him that we can study his words knowing that his words are your words. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to us right now, um, that you would open our hearts, open our minds so that we truly understand these things. And Lord, I pray that uh, wherever we're at right now in this moment, that we would know that you are with us and that you love us and that you have a great plan for us and that even in the valley of the shadow of death, even in the times of storm and trial and testing, uh, you are with us. You do not forsake us. You do not leave us. You stay closer than any brother. And so right now we trust that. We want to rely on that. And as we read your words, we pray that they would speak to our hearts. Help us to understand these things. Help, uh, help us to live out these things as we trust in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, we're going to be looking at John chapter 17. Uh, as you remember, John was one of Jesus' closest disciples. He was, he was the one that, that Jesus loved. And so there was this deep, meaningful relationship. And as John is recording this in his book, he's, he's an eyewitness. He's giving verbal testimony of things that Jesus said to them. And I think one of the things that you'll see as you, if you read the book of John is that he really wants us uh, to understand the love that Jesus has for us and the desire for us to be unified in him and the desire for us to be unified together because we're unified in him. And throughout the book of John, uh, he has this pattern where he wants us to realize that God and Jesus are one and they're unified and that because of that, we can have unity with Jesus and God through Christ. And then that unity that we have, then we can be on mission, unified on mission to reach the world, to reach those that are in need of hearing this message of hope, this message of salvation, that, that this is a chain of relationship. This is a connection where we get life and hope and grace. And so as we read these words, recognizing that G John really wants us to know this message that Jesus has for us, that, that not only can we have life in Christ, but we can have unity and we can cultivate, we can create, we can be intentional about that unity uh, even in times of crisis, even in times of challenge. And so in John chapter 17, verse 20, here's what it says. It says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. This is Jesus talking and he's talking to his disciples and he's saying, I don't want them to just, uh, I'm not, I'm praying not just for you, but I'm praying for those who will read your books and read your messages and those that will hear your messages and you share them. And so in many ways, he is, he's saying, I, uh, Jesus is praying for us individually right now in this moment at Jesus was praying for us that we would understand the message, that we would be able to receive the message, um, that that message would impact us. And what a powerful thing to think as I pray to Christ, as I look to him for hope in a time of crisis, in a time of uncertainty, that he was praying for me that I would receive this message, that I would understand this message, that you would understand this message. And, and it's really a powerful thing to consider that Jesus was praying for us, that he was going to God his father and saying, help them to understand this message, help them to receive this message and to know this message. And he goes on to say in verse 21, that all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be as us that the world may be, may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. 
And so there's this amazing passage where, where we see John again is, is, is living into the message that, that Jesus and God are one, they're unified, that they have this perfect relationship, that they are um, completely one, and that because of that, we can join into that relationship of unity in Christ. And it's a powerful statement because for those who would be hearing uh, these words originally, when John wrote this book, the ones that, that would be reading it, many of them would be Jews, and they would have understood from the book of Exodus chapter 3, where Moses is having this conversation with God, and uh, he is trying to find out, uh, as he goes to Pharaoh to bring the people out of Egypt, the slaves out of Egypt, he says to God, God, if I go there and they ask me, what is your name? What do you want me to respond? And God says to him um, that you shall respond, I am that I am. And that word, that phrase of I am as the name of God was such a powerful thing for those in the time of John when they would have read this and heard this message. They would have understood that, that anyone who claimed to be I am was claiming to be God himself. And so when we look at this and we see that throughout the book of John, he uses this I am phrase seven times, seven places he refers to Jesus as the I am. He begins with, I am the bread of life. Then he goes to, I am the light. I am the door. I am the shepherd, I am the resurrection, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the true vine. And so as the reader would have heard this in that context, they would have connected that Jesus is equating himself to God. And here we see the, 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 the teaching and the truth of the Trinity of, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that they are three distinct, but they are also uh, one. And that is, that is a concept that is difficult for us to understand, but a powerful concept, because in that we find hope. As we navigate a time of crisis, as we want to be unified in a time of crisis, it is a powerful truth to know that Jesus is 100% God and he's 100% man. As we look at that and we, we, we analyze that and we ask the questions, it brings us to some very powerful truths. Because he is fully God, because Jesus is fully God, he is all powerful and he cannot be defeated. Because Jesus is God, he is the only adequate savior. Because Jesus is God, believers are safe and can never perish. We have security. Because Jesus is God, we can have confidence that he will empower us to the tasks that he commands us for. Because Jesus is God, there is authority over death. Because he is fully man, he can identify us in, uh, with us more intimately. He can identify with us on a personal level. Because he is fully man, he can come to our aid as our sympathetic high priest when we reach the limits of our human weaknesses. And maybe right now you feel like you're at the limit of your weakness. Maybe you feel cabin fever. Maybe you're anxious about where this is all headed. Um, Jesus can relate. At the moment of the cross, the anxiety was so high and so, so challenging that, that even Jesus said, Father, if there's another way, please uh, show me, but your will be done. And so he can relate to us even in our times of, of great weakness. Because he is fully man, we can relate to him. He is not far off or unavailable. Uh, and so when we look at that, 
or uninvolved. We look at that idea that, that he is not that far off, that because he's 100% God, we can trust him in a time of crisis. We can be unified in our, in our belief in him. And also because he's 100% man, we know that he has empathy for us. We know that he can relate to us and we can relate to him and we can look to him and say, uh, we know that you went through trials, you went through crisis, and yet um, we, you found uh, peace in the midst of those things. And, and, and we want to find peace in the midst of those as well. And so John continues as he um, wants us to understand these ideas of, of God in Christ and, and us in Christ. And then we are unified on mission together out into the world. And he says this in verse 23, I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. And so here, Jesus is saying, in me uh, and in God, you will find complete unity. And in that complete unity, when you find that place where you've cultivated that unity with Christ, that you've come to him, you've trusted him with your life, you've trusted him with your soul, you've trusted him with all things, that everything within you is, is bringing unity in him, that, that at that place is where the world will see and know that this message is true and that they can put their faith uh, in that as well. And so in a time of crisis, the world is looking for hope. They're looking for answers. The world is looking for what's the cure? How are we going to get past this very difficult time? What will this result, um, what will be the results of this crisis? And so I want to give you three things, three um, unifying tips that will help us in a time of crisis. Um, I believe these are the things as a church, uh, as those who, who claim to know Christ as their Savior, uh, we, this is our opportunity for us to have um, an impact. And so the first thing I would say that we need to have unity in, in this time of crisis, is that we should have faith, not fear. We need to approach this with faith, not fear, that we are, we are not living in a spirit of fear, but we are uh, putting our faith in the Lord so we can have sound minds, that we can um, petition God and ask Him to bring victory over all situations. Secondly, I believe this is a time for us to praise and not panic. I think this is an opportunity for us to praise God, even in the midst of the crisis. Um, the difference between faith and hope is faith is an assurance that God is going to get us through. Hope is just, I hope it happens. The difference uh, between faith and, and hope in a crisis is if I can praise God in the midst of the crisis, then my faith is being revealed. That my faith is not in circumstances, it's not in myself, but it's outside of those things. It's in, in His ability, and His power, because He has demonstrated to me that He is one with God. He has the power to save. He has the power to do things. So I want to put my faith in Him. And so I believe this is an amazing moment for praise and not panic. And then the third thing I, I would encourage us to be unified in is loving and not fighting. Loving and not fighting. Um, this is an opportunity for us to be generous with our time and our family, to be generous as we are able to reach out through email, through text, um, through all these different opportunities, through letters that we can encourage each other. Um, when we're at the store, being generous, allowing others to, um, to get the, the, the needs that they have. And if we have an excess or we have an abundance, or even if we don't have an abundance, being willing to share with what we have with those around us. And so I think these three areas are powerful areas for us as a church to be unified in a time of crisis um, so that we can be, make an impact in the world around us so they will know the truth of the message that we believe. 
There's an amazing example of this that God gives us in the Old Testament. And, and it's a powerful example for us even in this moment that we live in right now. Uh, if you want to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, uh, you're going to read about a king named Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the, uh, the king of Israel in 849 BC. And he found himself in the middle of a crisis. King Jehoshaphat had three of his main uh, enemies join together uh, to come to siege, to overtake Israel and Jerusalem. And, and here he found himself in the midst of a crisis. How would his small army be able to defeat these three great armies that were coming at him to destroy him? And so he found himself in a place of, what, where will I put my faith? Where will I put my trust? How will I react? What will I purposely cultivate in my life right now um, so that I can find victory? And so what he does, uh, King Jehoshaphat, calls all of his leaders together and he calls all the people together for a council and here's what he declares in verse 9 if calamity comes on us whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine we will stand in our presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us and so before the battle even begins um, King Jehoshaphat brings all of his leaders together and he says look no matter what happens we're going to put our faith in God we're going to put absolutely everything um, that we're going to put our trust and belief in right now not in our ability not not in our strength, not in what we can do, or not even what anyone else can do. We're going we're gonna to name God as our, as our leader and our Savior, and we're going to trust Him in this time of challenge. And um, so he goes, he, he avoids fear, and he lives into faith, and then they're about to go into battle, and now they're preparing for battle. And as they enter the battle, here's what it says, verse 21. After consulting the people... Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out to head, uh, as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And so he tells his generals, I want these men to go out in front and I want them to sing this praise to our Lord that in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the crisis, they are singing praises to the Lord and declaring his victory before the battle even begins. And we're told as you read through and, and maybe later or sometime today, you'd want to read through this, this account because it's amazing. That what ends up happening is the, the three armies be, become confused and the Lord says he takes responsibility for the battle and they end up fighting each other. And at the end of the battle, all of the enemy soldiers have been killed by each other and that uh, the, the Israel army had no need. There was no battle. They did not fight. They did not even lift a sword because the enemy had destroyed itself. And so in the midst of the, the crisis, they praised the Lord and God, God came through and he, he gave victory. And so the final part of this story is that we find um, that God is revealed in relationship and love. And, and as you see in 20 verse 30, it says the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace for his God had given him rest on every side. Now, as we look at this story and we look at King Jehoshaphat and we look at our own time and our own crisis, um, we can trust God through it. Now, we don't know exactly what God's plan is in this, but we know that his plan is perfect and we can trust it. And it may not work out exactly the way we want it to work out, but it will work out for his glory. 
And if we can trust that, put our faith and not be afraid of what, what the possibilities are, if we can praise in the middle of it and say, God, you are so good. Even now at this moment of uncertainty, even at this moment of crisis, I still know you're good. I still know you're loving. I still know you'll provide for me. And I still know that you've already won and the best is yet to come. Heaven is has been prepared by you for us. And we are looking forward to that day uh, when we'll be together where there will never be a virus. There will never be crying or tears or any of this. That we will have gone through the darkness of sin and into the light of your salvation eternally. And so we want to look at that. We want to live that out. And we want to have those principles of unity. These are the places of unity that we can have even right now in the midst of a crisis. And so how can we apply this? How can we live this out? Well, I would encourage you, uh, the first area of having faith and not fear, starting your day with God's word, starting your day with prayer and declaring this day I give to you. My faith is in you. Uh, whatever your will is, is, is what I believe is best. And I want your will to lead me and guide me today for us to start every day with the trust in the Lord that he will guide us and that he will give us victory and that his victory is better than what we can perceive as victory and that we're going to trust that. And then second, praise. What an awesome time, even right now, maybe even after this service or maybe during this service as, as you're watching um, and as, as um, Victoria and Jeff lead singing out loud at your home. Maybe you haven't done that before. Maybe singing as a family or singing by yourself uh, the praises of God is a new thing. But what an awesome thing to, to cultivate and be intentional about right now. Training our children, training those uh, that we have influence over how to sing the praises of God. That he loves to hear our praise. He created us to praise him. And what an amazing time in the midst of a crisis before the victory has even happened for us to praise him and declare that he is good and that his ways are good and that he will provide and his provisions will be better than what we can imagine. And so I would encourage you, um, learn songs of praise, teach songs of praise, have songs of praise um, be part of your lifestyle. Um, and what an amazing time right now that, that for many of us, we have to be much more intentional because we're in our homes and, and what do we do with the minutes and hours of our day? Maybe that would be a great idea for us to set aside time for praise as we sing um, individually, as families, and as we come together. Uh, what a powerful thing to do. And then finally, how can we apply the, the idea of loving and not fighting? Uh, I know when you go to the store or now that you're in your home and, and maybe you haven't been around your family this much in a long time. And so there's tension and, and there's all these things that, that come with, with um, being in a home for an extended period of time. This is a time to ask God to give grace and ask God to give peace and, and maybe learning ways to deal with challenges. God loves it when we learn to resolve our issues in a positive way. Um, there's no indication in scripture that um, just because we want things to be good, that everything's always going to be good. Sometimes there's really hard things that happen in our families. There's hard things that happen in our lives um, that, are, that, are, that need to be dealt with. And so this is an opportunity for us to show grace and mercy to each other and to work through some of those challenges and recognize that, um, yes, I can, I can get irritated and yes, things uh, can get on my nerves, but I can still have grace and love for you and cultivating and being intentional and asking God to help us with these things. What an amazing opportunity we have right now. And I believe if we live out those three Three things. If we're unified in our faith, we're unified in our praise, and we're unified in our love, the world will see that. And those that have questions, those that are trying to say, can I really put my faith and trust in Christ? And maybe that's even you today. Is this true? Is it, is it something I can build my life on? Is it something that's worth investing all of me in? Um, 
as we live this out, those who claim to be his followers, those that, that have put our faith and trust in him, then that will reflect out to our world and they will know his glory because they see it within us. They see the results of what he's doing in our lives. And so it leads us back to what we've been saying um, as we started out this year. It begins with us. I need to be a disciple. I need to, 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 to ask God to train me to be like him. Ask Jesus and his Holy Spirit to begin that work within my own life so I can be a disciple. And in that, I can make disciples. I can help encourage people to follow Christ in that same way. And then we can do that for all generations, for all people, because God desires that for everyone. And so let's be disciples who make disciples of all generations. And that starts today. That starts right now. Um, what commitments? How will you prioritize your time? How will you organize your calendar so that you can live out some of these truths? And so as we um, wrap up the message for today, the next step, what is the next step? Well, maybe for you uh, this morning, just coming to Christ, just receiving him and saying, I want to trust you. And, and, and not just the crisis of today, but the crisis of death and the crisis of sin, the crisis that I'm separated from you and I don't feel that you're in my life that can be resolved right now. Um, you can ask Christ into your life. He says, whoever confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart that I have raised from the dead and, and they trust in that, then they will be saved. You can have that faith and that security right now uh, if you desire. And for those of you who have made that decision in your life, for those of you who are walking with the Lord, maybe today is a great day just to sit down and, and jot down some ideas of how can I, how can I live out my faith? How can I... Um, praise God in new ways, and then how can I be more loving in this time of challenge and crisis? Um, if you make any of these decisions or, or you're, you're wanting to walk and take these next steps, and um, I would encourage you. We have gaten.church slash connect. Uh, there are places for you to contact us. We would love to be able to call you. Um, we may not be able to visit you right now, but we can call you and talk through these things. We may not be able to gather here at the church, but we can still gather together through phones, um, through computer, all these different opportunities that God has given to us. And so we want to do that with you. We want to walk through this uh, with you. If you have questions or concerns, you things you want us to be praying for you about, please, please, let's stay connected and let's do this together. And the truth of it all is that we aren't able to do any of this except God has established this church. He has put it here for this time and this place. And this isn't a surprise. This crisis is not a surprise to him. Um, he tells us in John, Jesus says, I am the shepherd. Um, I'm the good shepherd and that he would lay his life down for us. And he also says that uh, the good shepherd, that the sheep hear his voice. And, and this morning, I just I would ask you, um, if you hear God's voice, if you hear his calling, what is he, what is he calling of you today? Is he asking you to, to give a, a gift uh, to the church to help us? Because we're, we're also having to navigate this as a church financially and figuring out how do we move forward financially. And we need uh, everybody involved right now. Uh, we need your help. We need to help each other. Um, and so what would God have you give? That's all we ask is that you would pray and say, God, what would you have me give? How can I hear your voice and be obedient? And so we have two ways you can give. You can give online. Uh, if you go to gaten.church slash give, there will be prompts. Um, uh, Clint went through a tutorial on how to do that. We'd love for you to check that out. Or you can go to our update part of our website and you'll see how you can mail in a gift. If you would like to mail in a check, um, we also uh, can do that as well. But these are times where we don't want to disconnect. We want to connect closer. 
And so we want to be there for you. We want to be working together. We want to be partnering together. And we want to shine the love of God in new ways in this time of crisis. So let's be unified. Let's be unified um, as we move forward. Let's be unified in our faith. Let's be unified in our praise. And let's be unified in our love. God bless. And I will be praying for you this week that God does great things in your life.